Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this episode of Helpline with Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years experience helping parents with everything from settling a baby to introducing solids to helping toddlers who are misbehaving, which is what toddlers do best. Um, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. There are a number of ways you can get in touch with us. If you're watching us live via Facebook, please put your comments below. If you're watching us live, it's also an opportunity to call us and it's one 800 I've forgotten the number, one 800 I've only been saying that number for four years now. But anyway, um, please feel free to give us a call. It's a great way to tell Chris exactly what's going on and she can tweak things for you. Or if you're listening via the podcast, you can email your question to helpline at the parent brand and we'll get to your question next week. Now, first up, we have a question from Ashley, who has a 10 and a half month old. It's about sleeping. Over the last few weeks, she takes up to an hour to get back to sleep overnight and screams when being put back into her cot. She's also difficult to get down for her second nap of the day, and we and daycare usually need to put her down in the pram. This is our normal schedule. Wake sometime between six and seven. Nap three to three and a half hours later. We're feeding before naps, but not feeding to sleep. She self-settles in the cot after books. At home naps for two to three hours. Only sleeps half an hour at daycare. Right. Try to tap again, nap again. Uh, Three and a half hours later, 90% of the time she can't self-settle in the cot. This is a second sleep and needs to be walked in the pram. Sometimes she won't sleep at all. By the time she sleeps, it's sometimes as late as 5.30. So they only let her sleep for half an hour and wake her at 6. Bedtime is 7.30. Wakes about 2.30 for a bottle. Falls back to sleep immediately after stopping drinking, but wakes and screams when back in cot. We lie her on her side, shush and pat her back. Most of the time, we need to get her up and feed her more. Again, she'll cry when we put her back in the cot, but this time it's a little easier to pat her to sleep. Lasts an hour. She drinks less than than the dietitian would like, and she's small, always in the 3rd to 10th percentile. So we worry that not offering her the bottle when she's hungry would be bad. She's not that great at solids, but has small amounts three to four times a day. And that's from Ashley. So there's a couple of things going on there. One is her eating, but it sounds like you've got a dietitian on top of that. So we'll leave that to the dietitian. The thing that points out to me in this is she has a very big first sleep of the day, two to three hours. And at her age, they only have three hours sleep in the whole day. So she could be just getting too much in that first sleep, but obviously she can't get herself back to sleep. Once, um, you know, she goes for that second sleep because she's actually technically had all of her sleep in the day. So I'd probably try and reconfigure the sleep. So I would probably try and get her, your timing is absolutely perfect, three to three and a half hours. That first sleep, I'd only do about 45 minutes to an hour so that then she's tired enough three and a half hours later to do a much bigger sleep because her second sleep seems to be pushing right out almost too late in the day. So if she's having to sleep at 5.30 or six o'clock in the afternoon, that's why she stays up for so long overnight. That's why you get that 
hour window overnight. So most 10-month-olds are up at about 3.34 in the afternoon. And so therefore, they've had three and a half hours of good active play before they go down. So they're tired enough that when they wake for their feed overnight, they'll go back to sleep again. So that's the, the timing is probably the easiest way to fix this problem in general. But the second thing that happens is she gets put down for her morning sleep and then her, her second sleep she gets put in a pram. So she's a little bit confused. When am I going to get in a pram? When am I going down in my bed? So I think if we can tweak that sleep in the day, um, you're going to get more consistency of each sleep going down in a bed and therefore that's really going to help you at night. So the first what thing I would do is change the configuration of her sleep in the day and it will probably fix your night without having to do much argy-bargy. Okay, so um, would you say then that what they have to do is wake the baby up earlier because you were saying that first sleep's maybe too long? Yeah, so I'd deliberately, like this weekend, she takes two and a half or three hours, so I'd probably go after an hour and a half, I'd wake her up. So not go all the way back down to 45 minutes, but an hour and a half, and then you'll probably get an hour and a half in the afternoon. And then after a, you know, a week or so of that, then I'd decrease the morning sleep to an hour. And then if you get a nice hour in the morning and two hours in the afternoon, her sleep will be more even across the day. And I think that's the key to getting her to go back to sleep because she gets a slightly different message. She gets this message about, I can go in a pram. So when she wakes up at night, if she's got the energy to stay awake, she might want to get out of bed or cry longer or actually end up back in the pram. So I think it'll keep the consistency of the message more even and she'll go back to sleep in general across the night. So I think you're doing the right things by patting and rocking when she isn't when she is unsettled, but I think it's her day that's mucking this up. Okay, Ashley, good luck with that. This question comes from Louise. She has a seven and a half month old and she's hoping for some advice on improving night sleep and dropping night feeds for her little boy. During the day we follow the routine in your book pretty closely. Okay. Time to plug the book. Chris Minogue's book is called Bringing Baby Home. Uh, You can get it at any good bookseller or online. Um, Actually, why don't we put links? I'll put links in the notes to this episode. So if you're interested in in reading Chris's book, you can find it there. Anyway, Louise has your book and she says she's followed that routine, although we can still only manage two hours awake for the first awake period and his second nap is often only one and a half hours, not two hours. Okay. So he's always ready for bed by seven or a little beforehand. He self-settles for day naps unless we stretch his awake time too long and he's overtired and then I'll need to pat and shush him. Yeah. At night, he'll always go down fine initially, but he will then wake a minimum of three and usually four times per night for a feed. His first wake up will be between nine and 11 and then every two to three hours after that. He doesn't ever feed to sleep, so he's not using it to settle. I feed, change nappy, and then put him back in his cot wide awake. But he's clearly got into the habit of wanting snack feeds all night. We've tried just settling instead of feeding, but haven't had any luck. Padding and shushing don't ever work at night, and he just escalates. We've also tried ignoring him, and again... He escalates. If we pick him up and hold him, he'll calm down, but it'll take over an hour for him to go back to sleep. And obviously, it's not a habit we want to get into. Whereas if I give him a quick feed, he's happy to be left awake and will sort himself out. 
He's feeding well, although distractedly, during the day and has taken to solids with gusto and is on three meals. The padding and shushing method doesn't work like it did in the early days. I've tried reducing the amount of milk he has, although generally if I take him off the boob before he's finished, he'll just cry and won't let me put him back down. Okay, so this actually sounds like a case where he's had a lot of solids in the day, so he takes little drinks and at night he needs to truly feed. You know, so it's like he's taking four big feeds at night, takes little feeds during the day. If I was speaking to Louise, I'm pretty sure she'd say, oh, he's distracted and he doesn't stay on. And then he eats really big meals. So he's reverted his feeding pattern. So at seven months, a baby usually feeds on average, and this is very average, um, they usually only feed for a couple of minutes on both sides. So, But the it's really concentrated, effective feeding. So three, four, five minutes on each side. So at night, if he's feeding longer than that, he's feeding because he's hungry. So I think you're right in that assessment, but he's doing it because he's having too much solids in the day and it's trying to get that balance. And it's a really hard thing because there's so much variation on how much to feed them and when to feed them and all those sorts of things. So it can be really difficult. So we need, the only way you can turn this around is stopping the feeds in the night so let's say he's seven and a half, well, he is seven and a half months old, and we keep one feed overnight until all of this settles down. You need the support of your partner or somebody who can help you through this period. And if you give him four milk feeds in the day and three meals, we're going to only give him one feed overnight. And this is a little bit tough because it's going to take three or four days before you actually see it working. So when you put him down at seven, everything seems fine in his timing. When you put him down at seven or quarter to seven, he doesn't need a feed before midnight. So over the next couple of days, if your partner can do all the settling before midnight, um, and yes, he's going to escalate because it's very different from what he's doing, but the rocking, the padding, picking him up if he gets too upset, cuddling him, putting back down, pat and tap, um, and get that momentum going when you feed him say at 12 o'clock he'll have a nice big feed once he's had that big feed he won't need another feed again for another four hours so say we've done 12 then four o'clock's our window so again your partner gets up and does that settling Um, and the reason we've taken you out for at least one or two nights is because he he looks at you and then he looks at your chest as if to say yes that's the person who's (laughs) going to feed me so when he sees you know your partner there goes no wrong person I need to shout louder till the right person comes in so you know they're clever so four o'clock comes along Dad, dad or your partner's done some work through there and um, four o'clock comes along, just try giving him half a feed because if you give him another big feed, he won't start the day with a good feed and therefore the whole pattern sorts of unwinds again. The other thing I would do across this period is just decrease the amount of solids he's having generally by a little bit so that he feeds more effectively across the day. So therefore, across that first day, he's drinking more milk. He's still eating his three meals so that when you go and resettle for five hours, you know he's fed. 
So I think this is, it's all sort of turned itself around. And if you listen back at this and just write a few steps down, okay, over this weekend, we're just going to try and get him to 12 o'clock. We're going to feed him at 12 o'clock. Then we're going to try and get him to four, half a feed at four. So when he wakes at six, seven o'clock in the morning, he'll take a nice concentrated feed. Do it in a quiet environment so that he's got that first feed going for the day. And then he'll have his breakfast and then you'll move on with your daily pattern. Does it matter whether she's doing solids before breastfeed? Uh, usually at seven months in the morning, you would. the reason she might be doing the solids first is because of the number of feeds overnight. But once we get it down and we turn in the pattern, you want to start with the milk feed, then the breakfast, and then it sort of goes lunch and a milk feed and then dinner and a milk feed. So it does start to turn itself around at this point. But the reason that she's probably starting with breakfast is because of the number of feeds he's having overnight. Okay. Good luck with that, Louise. Our question, our next question comes from Caroline. My little one just turned three and we registered him for camp with his big brother. He was really excited to go and did well the first few days and then started crying and getting really upset. A few times I was able to get him into the school and he cried when I left, but the teacher said he settled in after some time. A few times I couldn't even get him out of the car. He was so hysterical. Now he even cries the night before and the entire morning before camp. Today was another day where I just couldn't get him out of the car. It's only camp, so he doesn't have to go, but I was hoping to get him used to going before school starts in September. FYI, he's never been anywhere without me before. We don't even have a babysitter, so I'm sure this was just a big shock, shock for him. Any tips or advice? Caroline, camp and starting in September, I think this is from overseas. American, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, So with this one, I think you're absolutely right. It's just too much for him. He's been at home. He's had this lovely, gentle life. And now he's in this great big space with lots of kids running around, more directions. Who do I look for to work out what I need? I think it's just a little bit too much. So, you know, one approach that I would take is just pull him out for a week and just let him settle and then take a much slower approach at going to camp. And I'm not sure if you'll be able to do this. So a week out, let everything settle down. Um, You know, he has never been left with anyone and suddenly he's left in a big complex. And then the next week, I just take him for a play date. So you and he go along for a little bit. And this is what we often do when we are adjusting children to maybe going off to daycare for the first time. We go for a little play date. So you might stay and they might just play for an hour, an hour and a half, and then he comes home with you. And then a couple of days later, you might drop him off and just leave him for an hour and then say, mummy will be back in an hour. So he's not quite sure if you're going to come back in an hour. So sometimes leaving something like taking your watch off and say, hold mummy's watch because I'm coming back in an hour for you and my watch helps him to just go okay mummy's got to come back because I've got her watch that's actually not a good example yeah, but a t-shirt or something <laughs> something that you can I give him armbands um, cheap and easy yeah they lose make sure them. you put it on so he knows you're coming back and he doesn't go it's an armband um, t-shirts work uh, anything that's yours that he can relate to give him an hour then give him a couple of hours and then build it up to half a day and then build it back up again to the whole day. And I think you've got time to do that because it's you've got about six weeks before he goes to school. So I just really slowly just keep building his confidence up and I'm sure he'll transition beautifully. And although um, America and Australia, if it is America where you're writing from, Caroline, 
um, is different. My son starts school next year and um, I'm already sort of thinking about playdates he might have with I'm lucky because I know other kids at his school that will be starting at that time. Mm. And he's very small, so he doesn't have any mates at the moment. He just goes to daycare and comes back. Um, But my thought is that if he he might know a few kids when he starts, it'll make it easier for him. So that's what I'm doing with my son. I don't know if you have that And he's going along with his big brother too. So, you know, his big brother's probably just running off and playing (laughs) with his friends and thought, what, that three-year-old? No, I'm not playing with the three-year-old. So it can be really difficult. But, you know, he's... Only three, you it's know. Little, Arlo's five. He's five. He's a big boy now. So, you know, I think take that, do it much slower for him and I'm sure it will go beautifully. Good luck. Let us know how you go. Please feel free to get back in touch with us. Mm. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this. When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club, one that only other parents can truly understand. I spent a lot of time running and yelling names. Come back, get back here. But I bought him one of those backpacks that had a lead, like, you know, a monkey one. Because it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, like a disguise. (laughs) The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. This comes from Lucia. She has a nine-month-old. Our daughter has only managed to sleep through the night on three isolated occasions. She had been only waking once a night for a feed, but the last couple of weeks she's been going down at 6.30 p.m., then waking at 10, midnight, and then potentially every couple of hours until 6 a.m., We first try soothing her with calm voices and hands stroking her back, but she usually screams the house down. She can sometimes be resettled with a cuddle, but sometimes she also needs a feed. At night, she won't settle with my wife as she's very clingy to me at the moment. I'm the birth mum and am breastfeeding. If she won't settle after a feed, I finally relent and let her sleep with us in the bed. She loves this and stops crying immediately and falls asleep. (laughs) But after an hour or so, she gets fidgety in her sleep as I think she's uncomfortable. At this point, she will let us put her back in her cot and will sleep there for an hour or so until she wakes up again. She is still in the cot next to our bed. We did sleep training at three months to teach her to sleep in her cot because previous to that, she would only sleep in our arms during the day. She picked it up really well and now falls asleep without much fuss when we put her awake into her cot for all the day naps and her 6.30pm bedtime. She's an active baby. She crawled at five months and now at almost nine months, she spends her days crawling, cruising, climbing and walking by by pushing one of our dining chairs around the house. Her routine is 6am wake up and have a short cuddle in bed with us, 6.15am 6.15 breastfeed, 7.30 breakfast, 9am nap for an hour 15, 11am breastfeed, 1pm lunch, 2pm nap for an hour 30, 3.30 breastfeed, 5pm dinner, 6pm bath, 6.30 breastfeed and bed. I think it's just a settling at night um, issue and you're actually doing the right thing but it gets, she doesn't know whether she's going to get a feed or she's going to get a cuddle or she's going to get a pat or can I end up in your bed. So there's there's probably just a couple of things that are going on at night. Her day, day routine seems fine. She'll soon give up that 
um, for uh, the third um, breastfeed, that three o'clock breastfeed, that one will go um, and she'll have some water when she gets up. So her day routine sounds perfectly fine. I think she's just getting a mixed message at night. And like when you did the self-settling when she was three months old, we're sort of going to do it again now at nine months and that's pretty sad news. And she's got a lot of energy. You know, as in nine-month-olds have a lot of energy, but it's that same thing. If we can give it three or four nights of a consistent pattern, it will actually sort itself out. The trick with these nine, 10, 11, 12-month-olds is that they pull to stand, and she must be pulling to stand if she's already sort of travelling with your furniture around the house. So she might be pulling to stand in that cot, and the trick to them is they need enough time to work out how to slide back down the cot in order to put themselves off to sleep. So she knows how to go to sleep because when you put her in and her sleep's in the day, you're saying that she self-settles quite easily and quite well. So I think this is more about her learning how to do that as a resettle. And to do that, if she's in the standing mode, you're probably going to have to give her five or six or seven minutes to get down, to slide herself down and start to sit on the bed and then maybe lay on the bed. So by giving her that period of time to try and get down, when you come in, she might be sitting or laying and therefore you can either lay her down if she's sitting or then do your pat um, pat or cuddle. She is quite smart, so she's worked out that you're the feeder, <laughs> the other mum is not so she would prefer you so getting her her other mum to come in and do that settling like we were saying in the previous one might help this as well so you it's it's sitting down together discussing what method you're going to do and to do it for that three or four days and they're loud so you've got to take a little breath she's much louder than she was at three months and she can stamp her little feet a little bit more um, but the main thing that probably is going on is she's pulling to stand and then she's got to get herself back down in that cot um, and then once you come in she relates it to the rock the cuddle the breastfeed or into the bed so sit down together talk about okay let's give her five or six minutes go in and we're going to pat her if she gets too distressed pick her up give her a cuddle put her back down and that we're going to try and help comfort her in her bed the other thing to consider is now that she's nine months old and having plenty of feeds and foods is do you sort of lose the breastfeed at night while you're doing this to sort of correct all of it all in one go instead of doing half of it and then having to go back and correct that feed at night so a few things to think about um, but take a little breath it's going to take I reckon closer to five days or nights to do this um, because she's just that bit older yeah that's tough isn't it mm. good luck Lucia I hope that works for you um, this is an email from Beck. I have a question about my four-month-old. The in the for the past month, she's only had a bowel movement once every seven to fourteen days. She is exclusively breastfed, feeds normally, and does not seem distressed when they happen. They are huge, but normal consistency. It's a punami. She is growing out of silent reflux and on a probiotic, but is otherwise healthy and happy. The GP keeps saying this can happen occasionally, but is there anything else I can do? Surely this isn't a healthy ongoing pattern. It isn't a healthy pattern in an um, exclusively breastfed baby. So you're right, if she was on solids or on formula, we would probably be more concerned. But the fact that she's exclusively breastfed, this is a normal pattern. Um the thing that I watch out is at what point do they get into discomfort? But it seems that she doesn't. She's 
she's really happy. Her stomach's not distended. She's not getting grizzly for days before it happens. So in actual fact, I think the GP's right. If she's happy and they're big and watch out for when they are big um, and their normal consistency, this is perfectly fine for an exclusively breastfed baby. And I think the thing here is ongoing pattern. Is yeah, this so to last for... Well, that's the whole point. So we won't know until she starts solids whether this is anything, you know, bigger than what we would consider to be normal. So until we start solids or maybe she weans her, we're not really going to know. But a normal pattern once they're on solids or in on a formula is that they do a poop a day. So I think... I like how you said poop. I always could do poop (laughs) because otherwise I'd be saying poo a lot in my life. Um, So if they do a poop a day, we're doing okay. So um, I think if you know what is normal when she starts solids. But what she's doing now is perfectly normal. Excellent. I think there's a meme in that. Yeah. A poop a day, you're okay. Um, So uh, we have time for just one more question. This comes from Ju, who has a nine-month-old. My my nine-month-old has been a good sleeper since he was six months old, self-settling very easily without any assistance. In the past few weeks, he has continued to be a good sleeper during the day, but terrible at night. In the day, he sleeps from around 8.39 to 10.30 and 1.30 to 3.30. I put him in his cot completely awake and he's usually asleep within 10 minutes. He goes to bed at night at 7 p.m. and wakes anywhere from 5.30 till 6.30 a.m. Over the past few weeks, he has woken multiple times during the night. This can be at any time and there does not seem to be any consistency to when he wakes up. If he wakes before 10 p.m., my husband will settle him in his arms for a long time. After that time, I will sometimes feed him to sleep. Or if he wakes a lot, my husband will also help with the settling. I try not to feed him more than twice during the night. But if I don't feed him, it can take a long time to settle him, sometimes hours. What is going on at night? I'm really puzzled as he is such a good sleeper during the day, so I don't think he's overtired. I wondered if it was due to a low supply of milk. He is breastfed at 7 a.m., 11 a.m., 4 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. I don't think there is much supply at the 6.30 p.m. feed. We tried giving him formula one night, but he vomited violently for 24 hours after that. So we have not tried formula again. Fair enough. Right. Okay. So it could be a supply, but I think we could fix it because the timings of when you feed him, there's too many in the day. So he might be um, snacking instead of feeding properly. So my at nine months of age, he would have a feed at seven when he got up. He would have a feed more at 12.31 before he went down for that 1.30 feed. And then he'd have a feed at 6.30 when you put him down. And what that might do by moving it into three feeds more across the day is he'll feed more effectively so that you can eliminate that as the reason for what he needs overnight. In the end, I think it's also behaviour. He's getting rocked to sleep from this, you know, your husband's rocking him a lot um, and then you end up having to feed him anyway. So it will look like he wants to feed at night, but in actual fact, he's been awake for 45 minutes or 40 minutes or half an hour. So he will take the feed because it's comforting to him to have that feed. So I think the night is behaviour, but I think you can get him to feed more efficiently in the day by eliminating it from four feeds to three feeds. So... Do that for a couple of days before you then tackle the nights. 
And then the nights, we need him to self-settle in his bed. So similar to the other questions that we've had in this in this particular um, podcast, it's about that self-settling and giving him that window to be able to do it himself. So a couple of minutes of crying and a couple minutes of crying is very different for everyone. So, so for some people, it's only three and other people, they're like, oh, that's right, the baby's still crying, you know, so it can be quite varied. So I usually hit around the five because that's a good number and see if he can self-settle and then get your husband to go in and see if he can just put his hand on him and start to soothe him in his bed. So hand on him, patting, continual patting, and they're smart at nine months. They usually sneak away. They crawl over to the other side of the cot as if to say, no, you can't catch me. And we go, okay, I won't. Now I'm going to leave for another couple of minutes. Come back, put him down, give him a pat to teach him that you're going to help pat him and get him off to sleep. If he gets really distressed, pick him up, give him a cuddle, pop him back down again. So I think if you can move to the three feeds in the day, he'll feed more efficiently. That then moves you to the point where you could probably get him off his feeds at night. And then the resettling will help him go back and learn how to sleep. The really good thing is he was a good sleeper. So I think a few days of doing this and you'll get that good sleeper back as opposed to a child who maybe hasn't slept very well overnight for a long time. So fingers crossed, fix the, try and change the feeding in the day and then have a tackle with just self-settling him at night and fingers crossed that will fix it. Okay, good luck, G. That was our last question, but I do have a comment before we wrap up. And that this is from M on email. You helped her with her four-year-old, and she writes: "We think Chris is to babies and mothers what Don Bradman was to cricket." <laughs> totally amazing. So I thought that was a really nice thing to leave you all on. Well, to leave you on, especially Chris. But um, before we go, a big thank you to everyone for your questions. And if I'd like to say again, if you'd like to meet Chris in the flesh, nobody really cares about me, which is fair enough. If you want to meet Chris in in the flesh, uh, we do have a Babyology Baby Shower event on August 25th in Brisbane. So if you're in Brizzy and you'd like to come along, um, all the details are on the Babyology website, which is babyology.com.au. It's a baby shower. You get a lovely high tea, get to ask Chris questions and use all her time. We'd love to see you there. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Going into surgery when you're an adult can be scary. When it's your baby that needs to be operated on, it can be terrifying. Sometimes it helps to know what's going on. I think it is important that the parents are aware that this can be a, a quite an emotional period for them as well and recognising that it's all right um, to be upset and it's all right to cry because um, the, the team there is used to that and is there to help you. That's Sebastian King, a paediatric surgeon at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. He's going to take us through everything we need to know if we have a baby going into the operating theatre. That's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. Our producer is Debbie Ning. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt.